0: brother surely you must fight keep on the firing line there are many dangers that we all must face if we die of fighting it is no disgrace coward in the service he will find no place so keep on the firing line you must fight be brave against all evil Never run nor even lag behind If you would win for God and the right Just keep on the firing line When we get to heaven, brother, we'll be glad Keep on the firing line the savior for the call we had keep on the firing line when we see the souls that we have helped to win leading them to jesus from the path of sin with the shout of welcome we will all march in so keep on the firing line you must fight be brave against all evil Never run, nor even lag behind If you would win for God and the right Just keep on the firing line You must fight, be brave against all evil Never run, nor even lag behind If you would win for God and the right Just keep on the firing line You would win for God and the right. Just keep
1: on the firing line. It's a great Mother's Day song. (laughs) Keep on the firing line,
0: moms.
1: (laughs) Yep, we're going to make it work one way or the other, right? mothers of teenagers understand why some animals eat their young. (laughs) Yeah, they got it figured out. You know that a toddler can do more in one unsupervised minute than most people can do in a day? (laughs) Uh, One mom said, you know, I love it when I find myself screaming, stop screaming at my kids. That's how I teach them irony. you got to know what irony is. Okay, so anyway, the moms know, but the dads didn't, I could tell. But anyway, a police recruit was asked during the exam, what would you do if you had to arrest your own mother? He said, I'd call for backup. <laughs> Mun mother said, well, silence is golden. Well, unless you have kids, then silence is suspicious. And then the question's always asked, why is the house so neat on Mother's Day? Because mom spent all day Saturday cleaning it. Well, take your Bible. Turn over to the book of 1 Kings. We're going to look at just a couple quick verses, and then we're going to kind of move forward. I want to just be an encouragement to moms today, and um, you definitely need an encouragement, don't you? Being a mom's not easy, is it? It's work. 1 Kings, look at chapter 14, beginning in verse 21. 1 Kings chapter 14, verse 21. We're going to just kind of skim through some verses, and I just want to make a point in the introduction here. The Bible says in 1 Kings 14, 21, it says, And Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, reigned in Judah. Rehoboam was 40 and 1 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city which the Lord did choose out of all the tribes of Israel to put his name there. And his mother's name was an Ammonitess. Look at chapter 15, verse 1 and 2. Chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. Now in the 18th year of King Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, reigned... And don't, don't, don't hold me to all these names. I'm just going to say Abijam. I like how that sounds, (laughs) over Judah. Three years reigned he in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Mekah, the daughter of Abishalom. In 1 Kings chapter 22, verse 42. Jehoshaphat was 30 and 5 years old when he began to reign. Verse 42, chapter 22. And he reigned 20 and 5 years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Azabah, the daughter of Shilhi. When we move to 2 Kings chapter 8, verse 26, the Bible says 2 and 20 years old was Ahaziah when he began to reign. And he reigned one year in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Athaliah, the daughter of Amri, king of Israel. In 2 Kings chapter 12, verse 1, the Bible says, In the seventh year, excuse me, in the second year of jo- Joash, son of Jehoihaz, king of Israel, reigned Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah. He was twenty and five years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 20 and nine years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jehadun of Jerusalem. And finally, just for the sake of reinforcement, 2 Kings 15, 1 and 2, in the 20 and 7th year of Jeroboam, king of Israel, began Azariah, son of Amaziah, king of Judah, to reign. 16 years old was he when he began to reign, and he reigned two and 50 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name it was Jekeliah of Jerusalem. I, I believe we see a patterning emerging here. We have the kings of Israel and the kings even of Judah being listed at times, and what we see is that moms are being listed with them. Now, why in the world would God take the time to list all these moms? Unless moms are pretty significant and pretty important. On April the 9th, 1982, a woman by the name of Angela Cavallo... Lived in Lawrenceville, Georgia, she experienced something that no mother would ever want to experience. Her then teenage son Tony was had a 1964 Chevy Impala, and he had it jacked up in the driveway. He had removed a rear tire, and he was working on the suspension. All of a sudden, a neighborhood kid, a neighborhood child, came running into the kitchen and said to Angela, "There'd been an accident." She rushed out to find Tony pinned under the car. Something had been stuck and. In trying to loosen it, he had rocked the car off of the jack. Now he was caught in one of the rear wheel wells. All she could see of him was just from his waist down. Fortunately, those old Chevys were big old cars with a lot of room around the wheels. And as a result, Tony wasn't immediately crushed. But he was out cold. We'll get back to that later. I read something, it was called What a Mother Taught Me, What My Mother Taught Me. I like this. It says, my mother taught me religion. When I spilled grape juice on the carpet, she instructed, you better pray that stain will come out of the carpet. (laughs) She taught me logic from her decisive words. Because I said so, that's why. My mother taught me foresight. Make sure you wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. She taught me irony. Keep laughing. I'll give you something to cry about. My mother taught me about stamina. You'll sit there till all the spinach is finished. She taught me about weather. It looks as if a tornado swept through your room. She said, "My mother taught me the circle of life. I brought you into this world and I can take you out." She taught me about behavior modification. Stop acting like your father." Everybody said, "She taught me about envy. There are millions of less fortunate children in the world who don't have a wonderful mom like you do. (laughs) Envy. And so I just want to encourage moms today. And in doing so, I just want to share four directives. Real simple thoughts, okay? Real simple. I'm going to have a word of prayer, and we're going to get right to them. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. We thank you again for the time that we have together. And Lord, we know that uh, mom is a very, very vital and important place. Uh, Lord, we are so grateful, Father, for just uh, the moms that you've given us. We're grateful, Father, for the opportunity that we have now to honor moms today in the service. And we ask that you would be glorified and honored as well. Uh, Father, bless each and every one of us in this room. Lord, may our hearts be stirred. May we be moved and encouraged by your word and just by these simple thoughts. And Lord, be glorified now in it. Lord, if there's somebody that doesn't know Christ, the Savior, Lord, I do pray that they would find Him before it's eternally too late. Well, thank you. We'll praise you for it in Christ's name. Amen. First of all, let me just give you the first one, the first directive. Never underestimate your influence, Mom. Never underestimate your influence. Now, the word influence is defined as the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone or something. That's pretty interesting, isn't it? Again, its its influence is defined as the capacity to have an effect on the character development or behavior of someone or something. In Second Timothy chapter one verse five, the Bible Paul, the apostle, is speaking to Timothy, his son in the faith, and he says, "When I call to remembrance, when I start thinking about this Timothy, I think about the unfeigned faith that is in thee." which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee, that in thee also. He says, listen, this, he talks about unfeigned faith. What he's talking about is a faith that is authentic, a faith that is, is genuine. And he says, that genuine and authentic faith that you possess, Timothy, I know where you got it. You got it from your grandma, your mother. You got it from those two. It's been passed down to you. And that's exactly what every mom is doing, is passing something down to their children. Don't underestimate your influence. See, more is caught than taught. You got to be careful, don't we, moms? A little girl was trying very hard to care for her mother. Her mom was very sick, and She did everything to make her mom feel more comfortable in bed and she quietly slipped on into the kitchen. She had seen her mom make hot tea for her father when he was sick and so she set out to do the same thing for her mother now that mom was sick as well. With a cup and saucer in her hand, she took the tea into the bedroom where her mom was obviously touched and just overwhelmed by the consideration of the daughter. And um, she showered her daughter with praise. Oh, that's so wonderful. Thank you so much for that tea, sweetheart. I can't believe you did that for me. Just really just showering. I didn't know you could make tea. This is so unbelievable. The little girl beamed with pride as she took her mom uh, as she she told her mom how she made it. She said, "You know, I boiled the water and tea leaves together just like you always do, Mommy." The mother listened attentively while sipping the tea, and the little girl continued her story by saying, But I couldn't find that little strainer thing, so I used the fly swatter. <laughs> her mom nearly spit out the tea, of course, and she said, You used this fly swatter? And she said, oh, oh, mommy, oh, mommy, it's okay, it's okay. You don't have to worry. I used the old fly swatter so I wouldn't mess up the new one. <laughs> More is caught than taught. Hey, they're watching, Mom. They're watching and they're learning, not just by what you say, but what you do. And in this case, that little girl had just simply wanted to follow in the footsteps of her mother and show the same kind of compassion that she showed. Abraham Lincoln was well known for being and having total abstinence from alcohol. According to one well-known story, he was once offered a drink by a colonel in the military and... um, he responded by telling the man that when his mother was on her deathbed, that uh, she had summoned him. She had called him to her. And he was only nine years old at the time, just a little boy. And she made him promise that he would never take a drink. He then said to this colonel, he said, I promised my mother that I'd never, that, that, that I never would take a drink. And up to this hour, I've kept this promise. Would you advise me to break that promise? the colonel said, no, no, sir, Mr. Lincoln, no, no, Mr. Lincoln, I, I wouldn't have you do it for the world. It's one of the best promises you've ever made. And at that time, he said, I'd give a $1,000 today if I'd made my mother a promise like that and had kept it as you have done. Boy, moms, I'll tell you what, sometimes it seems like They're not listening. It seems like they really don't have their ears open to you, but I'm telling you, they're picking it up. You have more influence than you will ever, ever, ever dream. Do not underestimate your influence in the life of your child or children. Number two, never downplay your role. Never downplay your role. We noted in the introduction the importance of mothers. It seems that in the Bible that God is forever uh, making sure that he mentions mom with the particular king. Again, there's a reason for that. Obviously, mom plays a vital role. Obviously, mom has influenced significantly that child. And that role that she plays is important, to say the least. In 1 Kings, turn if you would to 1 Kings chapter 2. Oh, no, take that back. I'm jumping ahead. Don't do that yet. You can do that if you like, but we'll get there later, not sooner. But we noted this in the introduction, how important it was. Moms, that is. Again, so much emphasis is placed on a person's financial contribution to the family these days. It seems like our world emphasizes that more than about anything else. I was reading through some comments of some men in their position. A particular mom had gone into the hospital. She'd had a good-paying job, and they'd had their first child, and uh, they had dreams of ultimately both working and both accumulating wealth and both having things and not having to worry about uh, you know, rubbing nickels together just to make it and things. And all of a sudden, after spending about 12 weeks at home, Because of leave that her work had given her, very, very, very generous, by the way, she came to the conclusion that she did not want to go back to work, that she'd prefer to stay home with her child. And this gentleman was writing to a therapist and a psychologist, so to speak, a dear Abby, if you would, and saying, what am I going to do? I've lost respect for my wife because I feel like she's taken a step down now. She's given up. Given up? He literally used those words. She's given up. What, because she wants to stay home with her children? That's giving up because she puts mom in a position where she thought, I think for me, I'm going to do this. And all of a sudden, that's so bad? I have to tell you right now, the world as a, t- as a whole sometimes doesn't always view motherhood or view being a mom, especially a stay home mom, as being very, very positive. They look at it very critically, very negatively. I, I, um, women are afraid to say sometimes that they're a stay home mom even because they're afraid they're going to be looked down upon, criticized, being considered lazy, good for nothing. I'm telling you what, if you've chosen to stay home and you've made that decision, my goodness, please don't be, feel somehow that you are a second-hand citizen. Don't downplay your role. And listen, that doesn't matter whether you're a working mother or whether you're a stay-home mom. Let me tell you something, outside of being a wife, the most important role that you have is that of motherhood. Your job does not take precedence over your children, and you know that and I know that. And listen, we cannot downplay the role of, our, of being a mom. Yeah, you say, well, I want to support, I want to I contribute to the home. That's fine, but do not take away from those kids. I don't care how much you work outside the home, you better put a priority and place priority on those children. Man, listen, don't ever downplay your role as a mom. Well, I'll tell somebody where I work, I just don't want to tell them a, a mom's just kind of, no, moms are important, moms are, are vital. man. It's crazy. Don't downplay your role as a mom. Well, you know, no, I don't. It's awesome. Be proud of being a mother. Whether you're a a, a working mom, whether you're at home working, it doesn't matter. You be proud of being a mom because you are investing in the next generation. You are making the difference today. A little boy forgot his lines in Sunday Sunday school presentation and his mother was kind of right in the front row. I mean, you know how it is. People Baptists love sitting in the back until there's children up front, and then they all move to the front, and and you know they kill each other to get up there. And so she was right in the front row. Now she probably sat in the front row all the time, don't you know. But anyway, um, she sat in the front row, and she did that because her her child was struggling just a little bit with some of the lines. And so she gestured and, and, and she formed some of the words kind of silently. And the little kid's like, <laughs> he couldn't get it, right? He just could not get it. His son, and, and her son's mind just went totally blank. And she's trying to word the words, you know, just would mouth the words, but he just couldn't get it. Finally, she leaned forward and she whispered the cue, I am the light of the world. The child beamed and with great feeling and a loud, clear voice said, my mother is the light of the world. <laughs> hey, don't downplay your role. You are the light of the world to your children. You really are. Being a mom is not something that you should ever downplay. It's a huge role in your life. And and no matter what your circumstance or situation is, you be proud of being a mom. It's big time. It's big time. Number three, kind of goes along with the first two. Of course, we already said that we're to never underestimate our influence, never downplay your role. But number three, never doubt your importance again. And I know we've touched on it a little bit generally, but never doubt your importance. Again, now, First Kings chapter 2, here we are now. 1 Kings chapter 2, you might be there. If not, go ahead and make a move over that way. Boy, your value, your importance is huge. In 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 19 and 20, we're going to see how important a mother was in the eyes of her son, her son being Solomon the king. The Bible says Bathsheba, 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 19, Bathsheba therefore went unto King Solomon to speak unto him for Adonijah. And the king rose up to meet her. Now again, Adonijah had gone to Bathsheba. Why? Because she, he knew that she had the ear of the king. It's mom, right? Mom has influence. Ah, And the king rose up to meet her. And bowed himself unto her and sat down on his throne and caused a seat to be set for the king's mother. And she sat on his right hand. So he pulls up a seat and puts her right there to his right. Okay, mom, come on down. We're going to set you up here. It's my mom. This is mom. Then she said, I desire one small petition of thee. I pray thee. Say me, not nay. Don't say no to me, son, please. Don't say no, okay? Just, I'm asking you this. Don't say no, please. And the king said unto her, Ask on, my mother, for I will not say thee nay. I want you to see the attitude of Solomon Solomon is now the king of Israel. Solomon has servants that wait on him hand and foot. Solomon can have anyone or anything in his kingdom. He can do whatever he chooses. He has great power and authority. And still mom steps up and says, Son, I have a request for you. I'm asking you, please don't say no to me. Mom, I would never say no to you. You come right on up. She had access to the king. She she had the ear of the king. She had influence and power with the king. This was mom. Never doubt your importance. Never doubt it, Mom. Dr. G. Campbell Morgan, a great preacher, he had four sons. And they were all preachers also. Someone once came into the drawing room and all the family was there. And they thought they would see what Howard, one of the sons, was made of. So they asked him this question. They said, Howard, who's the greatest preacher in your family? Howard had a great admiration for his father, of course. And he looked straight across at him. And then he, without even a moment's hesitation, he said, Mother. (laughs) Who's the greatest preacher in the family? Looking at Dad, Mother. Why? Because Mom was so important. Man, he remembers those times growing up in the home where when Dad was out working and doing what he had to do, Mom was there giving the word of God, making maybe a meal or preparing things for the next night the day or whatever she might have been doing. He, he remembered how she took the word of God and opened up the Bible and read the scriptures and helped them memorize the scriptures and did those kind of things. And he said, wait a second, dad's a mighty man of God and dad's a wonderful preacher, but mom taught us more than dad ever could. She was the greatest preacher. Man, I'll tell you what, never doubt your importance, mom. Never doubt your importance. And finally, number four. Not only do we have to be encouraged to never underestimate your influence, never downplay your role, never doubt your importance, but never surrender or give up. Never surrender or give up. You know, there's nothing, as we said, that's easy about being a mom. But I do want to encourage you By saying it's worth it. It doesn't always seem worth it in the moment. (laughs) But it is. There's going to be times in your motherhood that, well, you'll feel your efforts are in vain. What I do really doesn't matter. Where it'll seem all hope may be lost. But never run up the white flag, never give up. On August the 16th, 1987, Northwest Airlines flight 225 crashed just after taking off from Detroit Airport. It killed 155 people. One person survived. That's amazing, isn't it? One person survived, four-year-old, a four-year-old from Tempe, Arizona named Cecilia. When rescuers found Cecilia, Cecilia, they, they really didn't believe that she had even been on the airplane at all. Investigators kind of assumed that she had been a passenger in one of the cars on the highway into which the airliner crashed. But when the passenger registry was reviewed, they saw that Cecilia had checked in and was on board. Cecilia survived because even as the plane was falling out of the sky... Her mother, Paula, unbuckled her own seatbelt, got down on her knees in front of her daughter, and wrapped her arms and body around Cecilia and never let go. Cecilia is alive today because of a mother who would not give up, even though it appeared all was lost. The Bible says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I, I can't understand the broken heart of a mother. I'm not a mother. I can't understand the heartache and, and, and just the, the way a mom feels and thinks. I never carried a child in my womb for nine months. And, and any guy that says he understands is a fool. He doesn't. But to you moms, I want you to know as difficult as it gets and as hard as it is to continue to hope and believe and trust and it's worth it. Don't quit. Don't give up on your kids. No matter how difficult the situation appears, don't quit. Don't give up. On April the 9th, 1982, we talked about Angela Cavallo. Again, there in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Her son Tony had been working on his 1964 Chevy Impala. He had it jacked up in the driveway. And of course, he had removed those tires. He was working on the suspension when all of a sudden she got some horrible news from a little neighbor boy who had come into the kitchen and told her that there'd been an accident. As she rushed out, of course, she found Tony pinned under the wheel well. Fortunately, because those cars are so large, there was room around the wheel well, and although he was out cold, he wasn't completely crushed. Hollering to the neighbor kid to get help, Angela grabbed the side of the car with both hands. And with all her strength, She lifted. The Associated Press account said that she raised the car four inches, just enough to take the pressure off of her son. She recalls nothing about the rescue, but while Angela continued to hold the car up, they say for five minutes, two neighbors reinserted the jack and dragged the boy out. Of course, Tony was rushed to the hospital where, after tests and examination, doctors miraculously found no brain injuries. He was released back to his mom's care where he fully recovered. See, this mom had saved her son's life by lifting a car with her bare hands. (laughs) Do You know, the truth is, Mom... You all have to be superheroes, don't you? To do what you do, you have to virtually be a superhero. May I encourage dads here to never take your wife for granted if she's a mother in that realm. Don't assume that She's not as valuable as you are. i tell you what, I wouldn't want to be my wife for nothing. Not only does she have to put up with me, but she works a lot harder than I do. She's more busy, I think, than I could ever be. And just because your children have grown up doesn't mean you're not busy, is it, Mom? Because now as a grandparent, you find yourself being pulled in so many other directions. A mother's love is something that no one can explain. It's made of deep devotion and of sacrifice and pain. It's endless and unselfish and enduring come what may, for nothing can destroy it or take that love away. It's patient and forgiving when all others are forsaking. And it never fails or falters, even though the heart is breaking. It believes beyond believing, when the world around condemns, and it glows when all the beauty of the, uh, uh, with all the beauty of the rarest, brightest gems. It's far beyond defining. It defies all explanation. It still remains a secret, like the mysteries of creation. A many-splendored miracle man cannot understand And another wondrous evidence of God's tender, guiding hand. The love of a mother. What can I say? It changes a child. It transforms a community. And it upholds a nation. Never underestimate your influence, Mom. Never downplay your role. Never doubt your importance. And never surrender, give up. 2,000 years ago, we saw an act of love that, well, surpassed all acts of love. We're reminded of it in the Word of God as we read about Jesus Christ, who was Emmanuel, God with us, who made His way to earth, took his place on a cruel, rugged cross where they drove the nails in his hands and his feet and took his very life. You say an act of love? Yes. Because he didn't end up on that cross because of any ill that he had done. He ended up on that cross because of our sin. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. and The Lord hath laid upon him the iniquity of us all. What an act of love. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. What love the Father had for you and I. What love our Creator had for us. So much that He literally came to earth, became a man, and took his place on Calvary to pay for our sin so that we could be restored and redeemed. I wonder, have you ever saw yourself as a sinner? We live in a culture and a society today where it's easy for people to get the impression that, well, we may not all agree on what's right and wrong, but we can find truth from our own perspective. We, we come to the conclusion that this is right or wrong based on our own perception. But what we have to remember is that there is only one Creator God, and He gave us a book called the Bible that outlines His thoughts, gives us His mind on the issue. He tells us from the Word of God, What truth is, what right and wrong are. And it doesn't matter what our culture says, it doesn't matter what the society believes, what you think, even, or what I believe, what matters is what he says. And can I tell you that the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What that means is literally none of us can measure up to his perfect standard. And his standard is perfection. Oh, I'm a good person. Compare yourself to Jesus, please. When you compare yourself, that's not fair. He was God. Exactly And that's why the Bible tells us that there's no way that you and I could ever do anything that would earn God's favor. Because we can never be what God is, perfect. But in order to dwell with Him, we must be perfect. And the only thing that will correct our imperfection is His perfect sacrifice on Calvary and precious blood that was shed. And when that is applied to your life and my life, when it's applied to our account, then our sin is washed away. We're made clean and we can then dwell in his presence one day in heaven what love to take his place on Calvary to literally be mocked maligned and mistreated for us what a heart God had what love he demonstrated have you ever saw yourself as a sinner Can I tell you, if you have, I want you to know the solution is none other than Jesus Christ, the Savior. That he literally, as we said, took your place. And if you'll invite him into your life and accept what he did on Calvary as payment for your sin, he will wash your sin away too. He'll apply that to your account. And when God reviews it one day in heaven, he'll say, it's been paid in full. You owe no sin debt any longer, paid in full. And I'm glad that my sin's been paid in full. I'm not saying that I'm not a sinner. I still am. I mess up yet. But when God sees me, he sees me through that precious, perfect blood that was shed for me. He sees me clean and perfect through Christ and in Christ. And you know what? You can have that same opportunity. And he opens his arms to you. And he says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. You come to him today. Invite him into your life. Allow him to be your savior. Trust Him today, and you will never regret it because no one loves you like Jesus. As much as moms love, and they do, there's no love like Jesus's. Moms, Never underestimate your influence. Never downplay your role. Never doubt your importance. Never, ever surrender or give up. What a perfect example we have in Jesus Christ. He never gave up on us, did he? I want you to know he won't give up on you either. Father, we come to you. We thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us. and We're so grateful, Father, for just the simplicity of your word and We ask, Father, that you would just work in our lives, that you'd move in our midst. Lord, there may be those who have yet to receive and accept you as as their Lord and Savior. What a tragedy it would be, Lord, to come to the, the house of God and then to leave without the God of the house. I pray, dear Lord, that you would just convict of sin, and we recognize ourselves as the sinners we are, help us to understand and realize, Lord, that we are in need then of the Savior Jesus, that that's why he came 2,000 years ago, to pay for our sin, to take our place, to become our substitute. And Father, today there may be those in our midst that need to trust and receive Jesus as their Savior, that have yet to settle their soul salvation and their eternal destination. Father, I pray to your God that they would do that today and They simply need to see your precious word. Those promises that you've given us, they will give us confidence. You said, these things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life. Father, those things you've written can give us the, the, the literal hope we need, the confidence we need to continue to face life and navigate through this world in which we live to do it with confidence and strength. Father, help us, Lord to be willing to trust and receive you if we haven't already. And if we have, may we continue to depend upon you. Lord, for the moms today, may you give them courage to stand up every day, fight the good fight of faith, to take the positions they need to, not just in the home but outside the home, to be an example not only in their faith but just in their practice in everyday life. May you give them courage to just face the culture, courage to face their children Courage even at times to stand up and say, listen, we've got to do this no matter what. Oh, Lord, help us, Father, just to to be the men and women of God we ought to be. I pray you bless every mom today now, meet their needs, and may they, Father, have a renewed vision for their children and their home and family. And May they just, Father, say, I'm never going to give up on my kids. I'm going to keep fighting for them and their futures. We'll thank you, we'll praise you. In Christ's name, amen. Let's all stand, every head bowed, every eye closed.